Welcome to the University of Young Entrepreneurs. My name is Brandon Adams, lifestyle entrepreneur and inventor, passionate about helping others with creating something great and becoming unforgettable. Each week we discuss helpful tips on becoming a successful entrepreneur and interview other entrepreneurs and inspirational people. Our goal is to help take your business and lifestyle to the next level. Now let's get started. Welcome back to the University of Young Entrepreneurs. I'm Brendan C. Adams, and on today's show, we have Jared Kleiner, and he has the book, Three Billion Under 30, that we talk about. And it's really fascinating, it's, it's cool to see. So he's interviewed, he's kind of like a young Napoleon Hill. He's interviewed and had 75 successful young entrepreneurs contribute to the the book and some of them past guests from our show like Joel Brown and uh, Jake Paul also uh, are in the book. So in this episode, we talk about the book. We talk about what he's learned from these young professionals, why they're, they're successful, what they've done different, what makes them tick, what makes them stand out in the crowd. We talk about how he first got started and also how this book, he's actually self-publishing. He has his own company that can do this. Um, so if, if you're looking to do a book launch, there's some things you can learn from this show. Um, the kid's 21 years old, he's got his head on straight, and there's some good stuff to learn from here. So you're gonna really like this show. I, I know you'll get a lot out of it. But before we jump in the show, I wanna direct you over to my website, brandoncadams.com. Go over there, check everything out, and also check out my accelerator program. That's brandoncadams.com forward slash accelerator. I have a program where I help you accelerate your business in 30 days and I teach you how to connect with influencers, how to add value, how to make money with Snapchat, Facebook Live, how to get on podcast shows, how to create your own podcast show. I help you become more successful in business through standing out in the crowd and working with influencers. Go over to that, brandoncadams.com forward slash accelerator. If you put in the code CEO, I'll get you $200 off the course. This is a game changing experience. I can't say enough, there's so many good things about this. Not only do you get to work one on one with me, but also you get access to the mastermind. My team helps you. There's so many things you'll get out of this. I guarantee you'll love it. I mean, it's 100% money back guarantee. I, I highly believe in this. I know I can help you. So check that out and hopefully I'll get to accelerate your business in 30 days. So let's jump into it with Jared Kleinart. Let's get started. Welcome back to the University of Young Entrepreneurs. I'm Brendan C. Adams, and on today's show, we have Jared Kleiner of 3 Billion Under 30. Dude, what is what, up? What? What is uh, up, the man? The sky is up, and we got some lighting up um, in the business rock stars studio right now. And, and I, I'm familiar. I, and I, I know you guys can't see this because you're listening, but like, I, I even knew like you were in the business rock star studio because I was there two months ago. Dude, Mark Lack's awesome. You know, I, you should tell him like, Hey, I haven't even asked him to come on a show. I feel like an asshole right now. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, it's a great studio and I got introduced to you from Eric Yang for your Yang is his last name. Did I screw that up? No, that's right. That's right. Okay. I got it right. <laughs> so he had the millennial entrepreneur network, which I know if you listen to the show for a while, I've promoted that before. Great event. Um, but I just saw what you're up to and I definitely had to get you on the show and you're, dude, you're 21 years old. 
Um, you're ahead of the game. You have a lot to share, especially with the book and all the people you have in the book who you've interviewed. But I want to first start off, Jared, to to see where you got here. Like, how did you get started? Where where was that first sale? How old were you? What got you into entrepreneurship? Sure. Tell the journey of how you got to where you are today, man. So 95% of the public knows that I started my first for-profit business at 15. Uh, it ended up failing miserably, and we'll get back to the uh, the Wolf of Wall Street part of that story. Uh, <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> but uh, no, actually at 13, I started my first entrepreneurial endeavor, which was a nonprofit endeavor. And most people don't know this, actually, but I ran a shoe drive at my high school and partnered up with the PE teacher and like the uh, National Junior Honor Society, asked what ended up becoming like over 150 kids at my this is middle school, not even high school, at my middle school to bring in their gently used running shoes and athletic shoes. And we donated it to uh, kids in need across South Florida where I grew up. So that was actually my first entrepreneurial endeavor that was a success, uh, even though it was a nonprofit one, which is totally cool uh, and, and much needed. Yeah. 15, uh, I started my first for-profit business. Uh, it was a site that was supposed to allow you to access tutors from around the world via web chat. But in the process of making it, I made every single business mistake you can think of, uh, from not having enough capital to not really knowing my competition, who I would later intern for. Uh, down the line, the worst was uh, my mentor was a guy who had served time in prison for securities fraud on Wall Street. Nice. And... Uh, yeah, I don't know if I should be sharing this so much publicly. I, I oh, keep I, we every new it. podcast I go on and I, I share this story. Um, but yeah, this this guy was dating my mom at the time, which makes it even worse. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Imagine me speaking to an audience like five hundred people are laughing at me at the same time. <laughs> uh, you know, but I, I realized that uh, I didn't want to surround myself with low integrity people with uh, people who didn't really have subject matter expertise in what I was trying to do. And so without that experience, I actually wouldn't have propelled myself forward. Uh, and the one thing that this gentleman did do for me is was he introduced me to uh, a book called Three Feet from Gold, which is from our friend Greg Reed. Uh, and through yeah. that, I learned uh, of the law of success and like the world of Napoleon Hill. Uh, and we, we bonded over that pre-call uh, but I listened to both books in my car, like when I just started driving at 16. Uh, so three feet from gold and then the, you know, uh, the law of success, which took forever to listen to 25 and, hour audio book. <laughs> yeah. And like they still had CDs when I was 16, believe it or not, five years ago. So, uh, I had like all the CDs in my glove compartment. I would have to like change them every 45 minutes or every hour of audio. It was ridiculous. <laughs> Listen to these. Uh, you know, you know this, and and as do many of your listeners. Like, as you're a young entrepreneur, you start brainwashing yourself with all the industry reads and all the you know different influences that you can model after. And so, I read an article, you know, in uh, in computer science class in high school uh, when I was 16 about this guy uh, who's called the most connected man you don't know in Silicon Valley, according to, <laughs> and. The article is about how David uh, had these mansion dinner parties where he would invite over Tim Ferriss, he would invite over 
uh, a pro soccer player, Warren Buffett's former pilot, the founders of Summit Series. All these people would come to David's dinners, uh, and not only they would you know, hang out with him, but they actually got real value from him. There was companies that got started because of David's community <clears throat> efforts. There was people who got investment uh, and investors who got deal flow because of David's community. And I was like, that's the guy I want to be like, uh, not the Wolf of Wall Street-esque figure who... Did you did you see the Wolf of Wall Street? Oh, come on, man. Dude, I, you, uh, you want to hear a little thing on the Wolf of Wall Street? I, I've done some modeling acting and you got to have your like monologue, like your little line that you do. I almost uh-huh. did that. You know, the scene where he's like cussing like a motherfucker and he's like, uh, <laughs> make money. And he's like screaming. He throws the watch. Like I memorized that line. And then I realized there's too many F-bombs that I couldn't do it. <laughs> I love that movie, man. <laughs> I, I hate the person, uh, behind it. And, and actually like, if you read the book, yeah. uh, a lot of that takes place in, uh, not a lot, but some of it takes place in Boca Raton, Florida, where I grew up. Uh, and my one of my basketball teammates growing up was uh, his father was best friends with Jordan Belfort. Uh, he wasn't uh, the the my friend's father wasn't in the movie. He was yeah. in the book like twenty times. Uh, but as I read the book, I found out that Steve Madden went to prison for you know dealing with the Wolf of Wall Street. Did he and really? so. Yeah, and so Steve Madden's cellmate was my first business mentor. So Steve literally, Madden, wait, like, wait, way Steve too Steve Madden's close. cellmate was your first business. Oh, wow. So, like, in the movie, like, Steve Madden has his shoes. Like, he actually went to jail. Yeah, longer than the longer than Jordan Belfort did. Oh. Anyways. I just learned something. That's a good story, let's, though. Let's get away from that. So now you know that I was influenced by, uh, by a Wolf, Wolf of Wall Street companion, a, a dead person, and this guy David. Joel, Joel Brown actually, when he rewrote his like plan, like Jordan Belfort was the one, the real actual Jordan Belfort was the one that talked to him, and he was just in the show huh. like three weeks ago, and he brought him up. So it's funny how things work. Yeah, I haven't met Jordan, uh, and you know, by all means, like he's probably changed course. Sell me this uh, pen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I, I do have I do have quite a few mutual friends with him, and and uh, people who have interviewed. Jordan Belfort for their shows, so I don't want to badmouth him. Uh, I, I'm not a fan of my first business mentor, though. And anyways, I, I read this article about David. He's a guy I want to be like. Uh, so I reach out to offer my time because uh, it's really all I had other than like two businesses that never really went anywhere. It was entrepreneurial uh, and ended up working as an unpaid intern in exchange for David's mentorship. Spent two years uh, on the 15.5 staff. 15.5 is the company that David started. Uh, it's still running today, going better than ever. Uh, and in the process, I, I did get on payroll halfway through, but I also built you know the beginnings of my network that I have today. And even now, I could trace 90% of my network back to David. Um, and, and that's how I got started. I mean, in between 16 and, and when I left you know, 15.5 at 18, uh, I went to the second ever TA function summit uh, and met the co-author to my first book and got the inspiration to my first book and began work on that. Uh, so a lot happened in between then, but that's how I went from entrepreneur at a young age to learning the, the principles, the techniques, building the network that I would need to go from uh, you know 18 and onward to hopefully have a little bit of success. Nice, man. It's quite the journey, and you've had quite the mentors. 
um, which I, I mean, I always say like mentors are huge. I mean, you want to find see people that can teach you from their failures. They can show you what they've done right, what they've done wrong, and you can like follow in their footsteps in the right way to do, you know? Yeah, and I just want to point out it's not only mentors above you. Like it could be peer mentors and it absolutely should be peer mentors. In fact, I've learned more from my peer mentors than any older mentor has taught me. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you can't get access to the mentors you want in life, you can get virtual mentors. Uh, someone like Tim Ferriss shares 99.9% of his content for free or for 30 bucks and less. Uh, and you can get access to it even if you can't get access to Tim. Uh, even this podcast is virtual mentorship for those uh, exactly. listeners who don't know you or don't know me yet. I'm, I'm more than happy for you to reach out. But, uh-huh. uh, you know, there's multiple levels of mentorship. And, you know, I think what I ended up doing with the book series uh, as, a, as a selfish byproduct was create amazing peer mentorship around myself. But, yes, I, I was very much influenced by mentors along the way. Still am, have multiple mentors uh, in different realms of uh skill sets I want to build. And so I almost have a, a like a personal advisory board of mentors. You, you and, like, like Napoleon Hill says you have your board, like you have your mastermind yeah. group and people. It, you it, all look comes up to. Back, it all comes back to that dead guy. It, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it all comes back to the dead guy. I know it does. So what, what made you want to write the book, man? Like what made you want to create something like this? What was the whole purpose behind it? Yeah. Do you know the Teal Fellowship? Are you, have you heard of it? I don't think so. So, uh, Peter Thiel, who co-founded PayPal and then you know, recently okay, is the yeah. news for, uh, for his political involvement. Uh, what is he, his political? I missed it. What did he do? Peter Thiel yeah. was one of the like, few or like the only person from Silicon Valley to back Donald Trump during the candidacy. Well, awesome. Then, I, I voted for Trump. so. And now uh, because Peter did that, he officially joined uh, Trump's transition team as Trump is uh, – getting ready to take office in January of 2017. So Peter's become pretty prominent for that. But his last biggest splash to the general public, more so than just Silicon Valley, where he's like a a god amongst men, uh, his more general splash was he started this education initiative where he would give 100K to people to drop out of school. Uh, and build new businesses instead. And so, I have heard about this program, yes. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yep. So what they, they do that for 20 people a year, but they also have a bigger, or they had a bigger event series. And so I went to their second ever summit. And at that event, I, I just turned 17. It was the first time in my life I was surrounded by other like-minded young people, uh, which was huge. Uh, and they were in many ways who we can all thank that, you know, for opening up the floodgates of us all connecting as young, young entrepreneurs, like Eric's event wouldn't be around probably if the Teal Fellowship didn't exist. Uh, and if this event series didn't exist, but fortunate enough to go to this conference, uh, at the conference, I hear this talk, uh, about the 2 billion under 20 and the keynote speaker said there's 20 people selected for the fellowship each year. It's about 200 people in the room. And yet there's 2 billion people in the world at or under 20 years old. And we got a, a challenge to spread the virus and get more young people to do amazing stuff with their lives. And so I took that challenge, let it sit in my head for a few months, and then I was in the shower one day because that's where all the best ideas come from. Oh, my God. One of my <laughs> best ideas ever day came from the shower. I know, right? <laughs> there you go. So uh, I was like, you know, let's 
like I, I think there's a need to bring together these stories from young entrepreneurs to then accept that challenge and spread the virus further to get young people to uh, learn from these peer mentors of theirs. And so I announced that idea to the Facebook group that there was for the conference. And within a half hour of posting, there was 50 likes on the thread, 60 comments, two, three people want to be my co-author, three, four people sent in stories already. Uh, and so I found my co-author, uh, who's another young entrepreneur. She had started a company uh, backed by Richard Branson that sold to uh, sold in 18 months. I forgot. Reputation.com bought them. And so she's a stud. Uh, and yes, women can be studs for sure. They can. <laughs> I got a, a co-founder stud girl that's doing well. <laughs> there you go. So yeah, the, I, you know, we saw the need to, to combine everyone's stories and unite the voice, influence, and expertise of some of the world's leading millennials in order to get as many young people as possible to act on their passions in life. And so we were able to do that. We had a book called Two Billion Under 20 that finally came out in July of 2015 after two years of work. So I went from 17 to 19 uh, working on that. And it did pretty well. Uh, it led to four different TEDx and TED Talks uh, among me and my co-author. So she did, a, she did a few TEDx ones. I was able to do TED at IBM uh, late in 2015, which I was super grateful for. Uh, and both generically, like I think the biggest question that came out of that first book was why do young people hold more power than ever before? Yeah. Uh, and, and so why do that's they? kind of, what the, yeah, I guess in, in <laughs> short, you know, it, it, in very short amount, you know, it's, we have access to problems unlike ever before. So we know what's needing uh, solutions. We have access to the resources, the communities, the peers, the collaborators to actually solve those problems unlike ever before. Uh, and then we have distribution methods that we've never had before. So we can actually take these solutions to problems in the world and distribute them through social media, through online communities, et cetera, et cetera. So there's all there's way more to it, but that's kind of it's never been you know possible to do that kind of stuff. And the the big comparison that I always like to share is that in the 1930s, it took the work of three governments, seven years, 130,000 people, and 26 billion dollars by today's standards to create the first atomic bomb. And meanwhile, my friend Conrad in 2013 built a nuclear reactor in his garage for five thousand dollars and the help of you know people in an online community. And granted, like his little trinket compared to an atomic bomb is is different scale, uh, and he didn't kill uh, a lot of people and end yeah. a world war with it. But that in two generations, like the fact that we have the same technology, access, capabilities, and power that only governments, corporations, and the super wealthy had just a few generations prior is game changing. It is. So, that led to you know all the people featured in my first book, from Olympians to singers, actors, scientists, nonprofit, nonprofit founders, all 20 and under a time of writing, uh, able to accomplish what they did. And so uh, again, that book you know did pretty well, uh, but almost shortchanged the proliferation of that challenge. I, I feel we talked about this super briefly, but when we had a traditional publisher, you know, we were incentivized to share that work. Yep. for the first month or two. And now, you know, other than like having it in my bio, I don't really push the stories of all the people who bought into my vision for 2 million under 20. And that's, uh, that's a failure point for me is, is not being able to share more of that research and share those stories. Cause 
I'm incredibly humbled by everyone else buying into that vision I had when I was 17 in a shower. And you know, I, you know, I'm not putting my profit next to my purpose to actually promote that. Yeah. Uh, so with 3 billion under 30, I am. So let's talk about 3 billion under 30. So one thing, to, so what I love to see, so I interview a lot of young entrepreneurs, a lot of old entrepreneurs, I mean a lot of people, and I like to see the trend between them. I like to see what makes them tick, what makes them successful, how are they different. And one thing I do know about really successful people are they're weird. They're different. I'm really weird. I'm crazy. We have a different thing. We look at things differently. So what is like, yeah, yeah. So what, it, what is, what have you learned? So some key takeaways from all the people that you've interviewed in, in your book that's coming out here in January, 3 billion under 30. And just briefly name some of the people that are in it. Yeah. And I'll, I'll touch on the weirdness factor yeah. uh, in my own, in my own language, but <laughs> you know, 3 billion under 30, we, we wanted to use the same model of bringing together 75 world-class millennials. Uh, this time we brought people who were 20 to 32 uh, in order to touch on different members of our generation, different countries where people are from, different issues, industries, et cetera, uh, and, and kind of pick, off, pick up where the last book left off. Uh, so now we have like the founder of WordPress, Matt Mullenweg, uh, in the book. We have online marketers like Neil Patel featured and Joel Brown, who was on your show uh, in the past, we have the the two-time defending fittest woman in the world, uh, major social media influencers like Jake Paul or Furious. Oh, Pete. Jake Paul, you know him? Yeah, he, he, so he's he's What in the do book. you know? I interviewed him. He he's a friend of mine. He's on Ambitious Adventures. He was on the right podcast on. show as well. And I just, right on. I just made my niece's day the other day. You know why? Because she watches Bizarre Vark, and she loves uh. Jake Paul. And I'm like. I, I messaged Jake. I'm like, hey, Jake, you want to do a little message? And he did a message, and I showed it to her. It's like, hey, Isabella, that's my niece's name. Like, hey, thank you for watching the show. You're awesome. And I'm like, I was the best uncle ever. But right. the kid's smart. He is. Uh, oh, yeah. And he's got, and he's got investment from uh, Gary Vaynerchuk, too. Yeah, so that, like, that's the kind of caliber we've been able to get with this next book. And I'm, again, I'm extremely humbled. This mission has become way bigger than myself at this point. And, and really, I, I'm indebted to everyone for their for their. Input. Can I get early access to the book? Yeah. Because I, I seriously want to read it. Like, it, Are you going to do for audio sure. too? Yeah, so we're actually, you know, because we went with the traditional publisher the first time and I felt our... our mission was shortchanged as well as our profit. Uh, I actually set up my own publishing company to make 3 billion under 30. Uh, and not just to put it on Amazon and whatever. Uh, you know, I went to the same offset printers, uh, the companies with the physical printing machines that publishers use. I sent them, uh, my first book and I'm like, copy the specs. So I'm going to have the same exact hardcover book in your hand. Uh, and then I hired the top editors in the industry, uh, the ones who did Ryan Holiday's books, James Altucher's books, Tucker Max's books, they're doing our book. I have multiple editors, so making it a world-class product. I got you know, a world-class designer and, and through and throughout, like got pro perhaps a, well, definitely a better product than I would have gotten with a traditional publisher. And then because I own the process, I'm actually marketing it and distributing it in the way that uses leading practices from the internet marketing world, from the software world and how do you create viral loops in your customer experience in order to get more purchases, you know, things like that. And so, yes, we're going to be able to make an audiobook and then also give it away to 
people who buy the book uh, in in exchange for social shares, which then proliferate our uh, our messages and our marketing. Uh, and this you know really matters to me because it aligns my profit with my purpose uh, of making the book in the first place. And so now, not only you know in, in January seven you know two thousand seventeen when the book comes out. I'm incentivized to launch it, but I'm also incentivized to sell the book in July of 2017 and July of 2021. And this turns into a much bigger business, you know, but it also allows me to continue sharing the work of Jake Paul, of Joel Brown, of all the people who have bought into this vision and who have entrusted me either with 20 minutes of their time or two hours of writing to share their story. So that matters a lot to me. What people also give up when they go with traditional publishers is the distribution. So most people publish a book through a uh, traditional publisher, and then it gets sold through retailers as well as Amazon. Uh, And when you do that, you lose all the customer data. Yeah, you uh, do. So, That's one bad thing about it. I mean, data is the most powerful thing with and, it. And and self-published authors still do this because they have no idea what they're doing. So they'll they'll still publish through Amazon because everyone else does it, and you know they want to game the bestseller system for ego, even though it's not a true bestseller, uh, no. <laughs> which we could talk about all day long. I don't care about those things. Like I've put my ego aside for this one because it's way more important to you know push the mission forward. So do- and. So do you? So do you? Before going to content of the book, so can anybody go to you and get like? Have you print their book, or are you just doing your own stuff? You're the second person to ask. Uh, I mean, it's not rocket science. I've like I've open sourced kind of how we've done the book, but you know that we might in the future like do uh, services to help thought leaders use our same uh, marketing tactics, and, and that's what Kleiner Ventures is really, which is my marketing and business development consulting firm. But I guess just to finish up the, the customer data thing, like we're going to get an email address of everyone who buys the book. And we're going to get a name of everyone who buys the book, which from a marketing standpoint makes our marketing smarter. Oh, yeah. So we can better target the people who most need our content. But also, like long term, I can speak to all the people who buy into this vision by buying a book and I can treat them really respectfully and provide them value over time like a Tim Ferriss does. Uh, I'm, I have zero interest in moving to like a $500 course or a $1,000 upsell. But long term, you know, I want to be able to start companies that cater high quality products and services to that readership. And I want to be able to give that readership the kind of content, the kind of connections, the community they, they need to accomplish their you know passions. So in life. what you're doing, dude, I, Jared, I love what you're doing. It's so smart. And for anybody listening, so for one, like you're taking control of the content. The book, the whole purpose of the book, yeah. if somebody out there wants to write a book, like most times people don't like actually make money from selling the book from itself. Right. You do it because you want to share some sort of exactly. message, you some share, sort of expertise. And you want to build credibility, share a message. But by you getting the email address and you're building up trust with them, they trust you. They know you pretty well for your book and they know what yep. you've done and brought people together. Then if you do have something for a part of it, you can really leverage a lot of that information to make a lot more money. And and have more impact. So it you know, it, it's uh it's a win 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 for, for everyone involved. Actually, if you want to put in your show notes when whenever this comes out, uh a link to jaredkleiner.com slash marketing plan. Yep. I wrote an eight thousand word blog post detailing my decision making behind this uh this process and then listing out uh, the skeleton of this marketing plan. 
Oh, definitely. I'm going to check it out. Print. I know, like, my, my goal is to sell 100,000 books in 2017. Like, this is a business. And to put it in perspective, only uh, seven tenths of a percent of books sell that many, you know, copies. Uh, and I don't have the same thought leadership brand yet as a James Altucher, as someone like that. But I have the potential distribution of my contributors. So I'll tell you this right. I'll sell it. I'll say this right now, Jared. So for me, like I already see where your book, like what's coming together. Anybody listening, you know, like what I preach and what I say, buy this book when it comes out. I'm going to buy it. I'm going to buy it for my team because I know the people in the book. I know the handful of people in the book already. And I know how powerful their message is. They've been on the show, Jake Paul, you get Joel Brown, and all these other people you have. So buy the book if you're listening. Buy the book. I'm getting nothing for saying this. <laughs> and this I don't do this very often for like, hey, go buy, go buy the book. So the question it. I want to hear is or the answer is so what is the things you learn from these entrepreneurs? So you have all these successful people in a book. What do they have in common? What are the weird things they do? What Everybody wants to know how can they become people like that. What did you learn from these yeah. people? You're like the Napoleon Hill man. I mean, you, you went around. <laughs> we you, forgot. We forgot the weirdness factor. Yeah. Now we're coming back to it finally. Weird is an outlier, right? Like, so I'll I'll use the term outlier. But these 75 individuals in the book are outliers, and they're outliers because they've achieved exponential success and impact in record time. Uh, Record time is defined by the fact that they're only you know, up to 32 years old, uh, so they've only been on the planet for a certain amount of time, uh, and, and a short one in terms of entrepreneurial and, and business world stuff. And many of them have only been in their career, in their industry for five years or 10 years at max, uh, and maybe they've started or helped to grow their own uh, new industry, so they've only been in for a year or two, yet they've had this tremendous rise. So that's where... I deem everyone as weird and as people worth studying. Uh, so in the first book, like we had this question of like why young people hold more power than ever before. Uh, quite honestly, that was a an age specific conversation coming out of it. Like I spoke to senior vice presidents at all these Fortune 500 companies, and after 45 minutes of uh, a talk, they would ask me these ridiculous questions of like, "Oh, my token millennial at home doesn't do the dishes. Like, what does that mean?" For yeah. society at large, or you know, oh, my millennial uh, employee doesn't want to stay around for more than two years. And and to me, I'm like, one, you're complaining and you're not helping anyone. Two, you're not taking any interest in learning uh, what these people have to offer or being emotionally intelligent. And you're yeah, you're not looking for any upside. Whereas, uh, and and I can't change those people's mindsets. What I can do is is kind of frame the research for 3 billion under 30 in a more age agnostic and industry agnostic way. So everyone wants to have exponential impact or exponential success in a short amount of time. So that if you're 80, you know, between 80 and 81, how do you have the most impact possible? Or if your company has been around for 100 years and you want to scale, uh, how do you go from a 100-year company to 105-year company and quadruple the company? Yeah. Uh, you know, same in like new industries. So that's the the thing that I've wanted to most study out of this group of people as I've been finalizing the book, uh, and so that's what we share. And it, like number one is you have to be a little bit weird. You know, not only do you have to be an outlier, but to become an outlier, you have to look to take an untraditional path. Uh, and so by default, if you take an untraditional path, you will fail because it's not traditional, and traditional works in some cases. Or you will do something so wildly different than everyone else that you have a chance to have exponential success. So B 
being weird is super helpful when you're trying to have exponential success and impact. And that means doing things like how we're even selling the book. Like I'm, I'm eating my own dog food. Uh, we're publishing a book in a way that only six or eight major authors have. Uh, and I don't know why more people aren't doing it. Like if Tucker Max did it for his third out of four books, if James Altucher did it for Choose Yourself, if Kamal Ravikant did it for one of his books, like why are more people not doing it this way? Exactly. Uh, but I saw this like untraditional path and I've been untraditional my entire life. I never went to college, never took a corporate job, uh, et cetera, et cetera. I'm, I'm a redhead with blue eyes. So, like by default, I'm weird. Uh, <laughs> and so, yeah, this, that was, uh, you know, eating my own dog food that puts me in a place to have exponential success. Like, will I sell a hundred thousand books next year? Yes, uh, you we'll will. see. I, I think yes. And I'm, I'm working to do it, but we'll see. Uh, at least I'm putting myself in the position. You know, so that's that's step one is kind of taking an untraditional path if it makes sense, or at least considering it, uh, despite anything else other people are telling you. So uh, what, many of our contributors have done this. So what's what, what's one characteristic all these the seventy five people have in common? Like one's characteristic or one thing that yeah. they do on a regular basis. Well, so so that's one. Uh, the second is they look to out collaborate their competition, uh, and so collaboration is increasingly awarded, uh, uh, awarded in this world. Uh, so you've done multiple, you know, Kickstarter campaigns and crowdfunding campaigns or product launches. And you know that you can collaborate with partners to proliferate your message. You also know that you can not just rely on hiring employees in your own physical space. You can hire people all over the world and you can hire you know, you don't have to bring on an employee. You can hire like a, a freelancer who's a subject matter expert in what they're doing. Uh, and so that's just from a, that's a very specific business example. But you can collaborate and beat everyone out and keep your costs low or you know, keep the the input lower than the, the output. And so everyone in the book has looked to collaborate with others and not compete with others with WordPress uh, they made an open source platform, which is the as collaborative as you can get. Just look up the definition of open source. Yeah. And with someone like Upload VR and, and their founder Taylor Freeman, who's featured in the book, they made a media platform to buoy the VR and AR industry. And so they're suddenly not competing with anyone really. They're hoping that all the other VR companies succeed and that you know the the space grows because they're going to be the go to news outlet in there. Same with social media influencers. Jake, you know, uh, collaborates with as many different high level influencers as possible because it grows his following. Actually, he has a company that has team 10, six or eight different influencers all in one house. Yep. Team 10. He's got 12 and a half million followers and he's got like eight people on his team 10. There you go. So, you know, look to out collaborate people and instead of compete. And, and again, like I'm eating my own dog food when I say this, uh, with, 3 billion under 30, we had over 100 people chip into the book's creation. I had 75 contributors who all wrote their own essentially like blog post piece stories and or did like a 20 or 30 minute interview that we transcribed, blah, blah, blah. So that's 75 people. I had probably 25 people at least uh, recommend individuals to be featured in the book. And whether or not I featured those recommendations, I still got their input and their help. And those people were like Seth Godin and James Altucher and a lot of big names who, whether it was three seconds to answer an email or, you know, I've known them for a while, uh, they have contributed to this book and I didn't have to pay for their involvement, uh, which is awesome. 
And then I have, you know, now I've built a partnership network around the book. So we have uh, about 200 partners on the book from like a mid-level partnership. I have a, a custom partnership. So now I have, in all, I have hundreds of people working on this book launch. And yet I only pay like a very small amount of them directly, like in terms of having employees. In fact, I don't really have any full-time employees that get benefits and, and all that. I have a, a team of world-class uh people on, on my staff who are consultants, uh, like the former chief operating officer for Neil Strauss's companies. I have someone from Mixergy and The Hustle who's doing our partnership manager style. And then all the others, uh, like the editors, I just hired per project basis. You know, we, we, we're out collaborating, everyone. And, and with No, you're building a team and they believe in the, where it's going. I mean, if you get a lot of people that believe in the vision, you can have them help you. Yeah. I, I mean, I totally believe in it. I know you're going to do cool things with this. So, uh, and then the third, I guess the third real quickly, uh, is that, you know, similarly they, you know, people who have exponential success and impact look to build their own distribution networks and yes, they collaborate with others to siphon, you know, their, their distribution, but you you have a podcast, you're building up your following, uh, your email list, your social media so that you never, ever, 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 ever have to rely on anyone else ever again to talk to the, the people that care about your message. Uh, you will collaborate with others and you have because, you follow the second principle, but you're building your own distribution channel. Uh, and so people who have exponential impact and success do that, whether they have built up their own social media followings, whether they've built up their own sales pipelines that they don't have to rely on anyone so they can get customers, whether they've built up big email lists, you know, onward. I think that's really important as well uh, as distribution becomes democratized. So one, one last question about the book. What would be comes to your mind right now? You have a lot of different people contributed. What is the most like crazy, interesting story in the book that you really it comes to your mind right now in the book? Like so, one of the yeah. first successes, the most humbling perhaps. And I when I when we I first spoke to this person, I got on a, a Skype video call and almost was crying at the end of it. Uh, we have a Syrian war refugee featured in the book who wow. grew up in, in Syria, was kicked out because of the war, and actually had to escape to multiple countries and ended up in Germany through very Holocaust-like you know, circumstances. He was packed into a truck and had a little tiny hole in the top of the roof to breathe with you know dozens of other people around him. And then he had to go through multiple countries just to make it to Germany and he didn't know the language. Uh, and was still a kid. Uh, but now he is uh, a university student. He's studying mechatronics, uh, which is a very high-tail you know, science degree yep. in, uh, in the aeronautics and whatnot. Uh, and he's also, he learned German, and he's helping other Syrian refugees in Germany to find resources to translate for them to find the similar path that he has. So for him, success is just being alive. Exactly. We take this for granted all the time. Me and my girlfriend have been talking about this because the last few days as we're recording this have been it was really interesting, like going backstage to a concert that thousands of kids like all across the country have been spending a lot of money on. And uh, we're going to see Conan in a few hours and, and go watch the taping of that. Yeah. And even just being in business rock stars and like I think Oscar De La Hoya was here uh, walking around who's a big boxing champion. Yeah. And, like these experiences I, you know, we take for granted, but – <laughs> being being alive is success no like, dude and that's a great point to give like i value experiences and i like to enjoy the journey and like yeah just being alive like be thankful you wake up every day be thankful you live in the united states 
be thankful for the things you have. And some people focus on so much of the things that they don't have. And when you think about things you have, you're, you're happier and you're more appreciative and it makes everything better for you in life. Yeah. So, so we, yeah, I like, I, I think it's necessary to sprinkle stories like that into the, uh, the mix. And, you know, there's, it's not just his story, but we have a few like that from people, uh, ranging over 20 different countries and all different industries from hip hop to the sex industry. Yeah. Uh, we, have, we have a girl who made, uh, organic condoms that are natural nice. uh, and, and, or, you know, wellness products. Um, and then you have your traditional like tech and entrepreneurial stories that you would probably care about. So, so I, I just want to congratulate you on your success of this book. I can't wait to read it. Um, looking forward to you get an audio too, so you can listen to it when I'm on a bunch of plane rides. So what I want to leave on this one last thing is what would be your top tips? I mean, you're 21 years old. You're doing some cool stuff, man. I'm glad I know you. I mean, dude, congrats. Uh, what Thank what you. is what would be your top tips to leave for any young entrepreneurs out there looking to do their own endeavor? Yeah, so just be conscious about your major life decisions. You know, who you date, who you eventually go on to marry, how you set up your businesses, if you make businesses, whether or not you should be an entrepreneur. Uh, like, you, you should actually yeah. question these decisions and think hard about what you're passionate about, what your skills are, what the market values. Try and find an intersection of all three of those. Uh, I call that like my zone of genius when you can find that. And if you are conscious of your decisions, but you don't know what decision to make, always default to the options that increase your optionality. And what I mean by that is if you're uh, considering going to work for a company and you don't know if that's the right place to go work, maybe set up your own solopreneur shop, your own, your own LLC, but keep it small. And you can take that skill set to any client you want. So you've increased your optionality from getting paid by one company to getting paid by multiple companies or infinite amounts of companies. Uh, similarly, as you're building a network, you know I strive to connect with as many super connectors as possible because if I meet and build meaningful relationships with a super connector in a specific industry, that gives me optionality to meet multiple people in that industry. If you're considering... College versus no college. Uh, I think a great option is taking a gap year, and I actually took two of them um, because it increases your optionality. You can you can go in a position from like eighteen and about to go to school to eighteen and nineteen, where you're you're experimenting with different stuff. You're doing a little bit of work to save up money. You're really thinking about why you would want to go back or why you wouldn't want to go back. And then at the end of that year, you can take another gap year. You can go back. You can not go at all. Uh, and so to wrap up, like be conscious of your decision making. And if you don't know the right answer, uh, for that moment in time, default to whatever option or options increase your optionality. Awesome, man, dude. Good stuff. Good stuff. Anybody listening, like really take this in consideration. You, you threw some great value and I wish I, I had 21. I, uh, had, had the knowledge you did. I think that was when I first got introduced to the book, they can go rich and maybe think differently. But I was still in the party mode. It's that dead guy. It's man. that dead guy, man. It's a dead guy. Uh, so where can people find you, Jared? Where can they find you and, and also for your book, like when that comes out? Book is uh, 3billionunder30.com. So the number three, the word billion, the word under, the number 30.com. I'm sure you'll do show notes. So maybe you can drop a link there. Oh, yeah. 
Uh, I'm Jared Kleinert anywhere online. So it's Jared like the gallery of jewelry and not like the subway guy because he's an asshole. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Kleinert is K-L-E-I-N-E-R-T. Uh, and so either of those online, it'll be pretty easy to find. Awesome, man. Well, hey, thank you so much for coming on the show. I appreciate it. Um, you're doing some awesome stuff. And you know what time it is, everybody? It is time to go out there, create something great, become unforgettable because life is too short not to. I'm Brennan C. Adams. Have a great day, everyone. I hope you enjoyed the show of Jared. You know, this kid, he, he's uh, learned quite a bit at a young age, and he's uh, got some big things going for him. I know he'll do some awesome stuff, um, especially with the book, Three Billion Under 30. I highly suggest you go with that book and check it out. Go over the show notes at BrennanTAdams.com. You'll see all the links there and how you can actually partner with him to help spread the word of the book and sell it. It's going to be a great book. I know it's, uh, it's, it's going to do a lot of things. It's going to help a lot of people. And there'll be some great insight from a lot of thought leaders. And if you haven't done so already, connect with me on Snapchat, BTAdams18. You know I'm snapping my face off. Snap me. Tell me, hey, say, hey, what's up? Let me know what you're doing, what your goals are. If you got any questions for me, ask me on Snapchat. I promise I will snap you back. BTAdams18, reach out to me and I will snap you back. That is it for today's show. And in the meantime, go out there, create something great and become unforgettable because life is too short not to. I'm Brennan C. Adams. Have a great day, everyone.